0: This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 62. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. And I'm with my amazing co-host, Chris Graham. Chris, hey, buddy. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, brother. How are you? Man, I'm so, so good. Especially now that we just purchased our flights to Winter NAMM in Anaheim. Chris, are you looking forward to this? Oh, man. I'm going to get my gear slut on so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be
1: <laughs> awesome. So if you're going to be at Nam, Nam, for those of you who don't know, is this gigantic sort of festival of audio and visual people. And you go there and all the companies have booths where they're selling their gear and it's kind of awesome and terrifying. And a bunch of audio engineers come out, a bunch of audio bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers. And it's sort of like this giant party that we have as a community each year. I've only actually been to Summer Nam in Nashville before, but we're gonna be out there. If you're in the neighborhood, if you're out in LA, that area, or you're gonna be out in the Anaheim, California area, Reach out to us via Instagram or via the email address podcast at the six figure home studio.com. My Instagram is Chris, C H R I S underscore Graham, G R A H A M. Brian, hit him with your Instagrams.
0: Instagram is Brian Hood. That's H 00D. Brian H 00D.
1: When you get married, are you and your wife going to actually change your name to H 00D? Because you could.
0: <laughs> no. I joke about combining our last names. Her last name is Newell. My last name is hood So we're going to combine it to be new hood. I like it. No, sounds good. That's very progressive though It is anyways. Yeah, reach out to us if you guys are in nam nam nam.
1: I'm just kidding. It's nam Long a anyways. Yeah, we would love to hook up with you guys We'd love to meet and yeah, we're just excited to go out and you know hang out and make friends with people
0: So hit us up we need to find some way for us to do some sort of six-figure home studio hangout. I don't know what we're going to do yet. Chances are, just because of the way we do these episodes where we record way in advance, Yep. at the end of some episode somewhere, I will mention myself. I will mention what we're doing and how we're doing it or whatever. If you're not already a part of the Six Figure Home Studio Facebook community, which you can get to by going to the com slash community. It's a free Facebook group. We'll be talking about it there as well. We're going to find some way to do something as a community. I don't know if it's just hanging out at some specific spot inside of Winternam. Who knows? I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we'll figure that out. But we will definitely, definitely be there. It would be nice
1: if a fan of the podcast had a cool recording studio in Anaheim that we could all meet up at. So if that's you and you want to have a party, let us know.
0: Yeah, so that would be if you are a mastering engineer and you have a nice space somewhere Think about all the recording engineers that you could have coming into your studio and making connections.
1: Yeah, that'd be great
0: Those are all potential leads i'm just saying there's a benefit in there for you Not to mention all the potential friends you can make And I didn't want to say it but chris graham has a damn cat on the camera right now He's rubbing his face against the mic. Get out of here with that.
1: I'm weird. This is our new kitten, Dr. (sighs) Raleigh Sinclair.
0: I was trying to hide this from our community. Chris Graham is a (laughs) cat person. y'all. I am a cat person. Chris Graham is a cat person. I'm trying not to hate him for it.
1: Hi, Raleigh. No. Anyways, we got him for our kids. It's amazing. You can do anything you want to this cat, and he doesn't mind, and our kids do, so it's wonderful.
0: And you can send all PETA hate mail to... Podcast at the six figure home yeah. for all the animal abuse that chris inevitably puts upon his cat
1: Well, it's mostly just my daughter snuggling with him and squeezing him like a teddy bear. It's pretty fun.
0: Oh well, anyways yeah. winter nam will be fun and I look forward to doing whatever we end up doing and if not just look out for chris and I Chris is the big bald beautiful man in glasses. I am the big Beautiful glasses <laughs> man that looks just like chris except I always wear a mars hat Cause I'm a nerd Mars Mars. I don't know what else to say about this. I'll have
1: a purple shirt on that much is rest assured. So if you see a guy with a purple shirt, it's me, <laughs> I'll be it. I'll be the only guy there with a purple shirt on.
0: Yeah. If you guys have any ideas, of things we should do as a community or just us, Chris and I, we're traveling together out there. If you have any ideas of what things we should see and do and people we should meet. And if you want to meet up with us, just email podcast at the six figure home Give us your ideas. Give us your feedback. Give us your pitch as to why we should come to your studio if you want us to come hang out at your studio. And we would love to meet. We just want to meet some people. We just want to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Friends. Friends. All right. Let's move on to the episode topic today. Today's episode is a hard episode to record because we have to make some awkward turtles. You know, the little awkward turtle where it's like you say something awkward and then everyone (laughs) in the room goes quiet because- Mm -hmm they know it's true, but it's still mean. This is that episode where we have to kind of like punch you in the gut and say, you may be misguided. And if you're not really following what I'm talking about here, Chris, give us a quote. Give us a quote real quick. And that basically sums up this entire episode here. So
1: if you're having trouble moving stuff forward with your business, it's only one of two problems. Either something is wrong and you don't know about it or something is wrong and you're refusing to acknowledge it.
0: Yes, that is a huge problem for Anyone anywhere chris has this issue. Yeah. I have this issue We all have this issue in some way shape or form But it is extremely important that you understand and internalize that quote say it one more time chris Just so we really really take it in because it took you two times for it really to set in
1: Yeah, if you're having trouble moving your business forward, it's only one of two issues Either something is wrong and you don't know about it You're doing something wrong or you lack something and you're totally unaware of it or Something is wrong. You know about it And you're refusing to acknowledge it. Yes.
0: And so this episode, we're going to actually talk about a few things that may be holding you back that you don't know about. And now since you know about it, you can take steps to address those or you know about it and you just aren't admitting it to yourself. You refuse to face it. You're just like the ostrich with his head in the sand. You're just hoping the problem goes away. Spoiler, it never goes away. Yeah. So this brings up an
1: interesting topic, which I think about all the time. So this sort of refusing to acknowledge something's wrong, not just to people around you, but to yourself. When we as humans do this weird thing, not unlike ostriches who stick their head in the sand to protect themselves, which doesn't work, or opossums. If you don't know what an opossum- Is opo- it opossum or is it possum? Well, possum, opossum, I don't even know. Don't judge me. I only know about mastering.
0: I'm just asking the question that everyone is asking right now, but I'm continue on. I'm not a on. botanist, Brian.
1: Let's call him <laughs> Possums because that's what we call them here in ohio. Got it So we've got one that lives in the neighborhood here that my family saw the other day My wife is taking the trash out and there's a fence right next to our garage and she looks up and three feet from her head There's a giant probably 30 pound possum Staring at her but possums when they see something scary. They either freeze and don't move or they play dead They literally just lay down and pretend to be dead.
0: Yeah, you were literally poking it with a stick, right? Yeah, like so the possum froze
1: on the fence and we brought out the kids and we're like, look at this insane looking crazy animal with little human hands and a gigantic rat's tail. And we were like fascinated by it. So I took a stick and just, you know, sort of gently touched it to see if it would move. And it didn't do a thing. The next day I was walking to my office through a park and it's the same possum just lying there because he saw me. And he was like, oh, I'll just lay over i'll just lay down and pretend i'm dead So what's insane about that is humans Have other habits. We do these things where we deny reality And we refuse to admit to ourselves that something's wrong or something we're doing is wrong Because it would challenge our view of our own self and in a situation like that Man, like it's so many people's businesses don't move forward because they just refuse to admit to themselves the truth It's self-lie and what we really need to move our businesses forward what we need to move forward as men as women you fill in the blank We need to Take some self truth serum and look our own selves in the eye and say i've been refusing to admit That my finances are a wreck or i've been refusing to admit That I have to learn how to market or I will not have to go get a real job Or, you know fill in the blank. There are all these things that we just refuse to acknowledge and you know, we hate this because ultimately us as audio engineers, we're technicians as producers We interface with technology and we just want to know. Oh, i'll just learn A
0: new thing. I'll, my problem is always what I don't know So this episode is basically us trying to give you that hard truth on a platter or Just hand it over to you because one thing i've noticed more than anything as someone going through premarital counseling right now is It's so much easier to hear advice and think about how that pertains to some other person Instead of how that pertains to you. So what I want you to, to focus on is how does the things that this podcast are talking about, how does that apply to me? Not to the other people in my life, but how does that apply to me? Because it can be so easy to hear something and be like, oh yeah, that studio down the road, just like that. I God, he's so stupid. I don't know how he doesn't see that. When in reality, there's like 30 things wrong with you that you have to look at. Yeah, It's so hard to do that because again, our brain is really good at associating advice with someone else. And not ourselves, especially hard truths.
1: Yeah. I hate to quote the Bible like two or three times <laughs> a month to you guys, but there's a great sort of verse there where Jesus is talking about this stuff. And he says, I'm going to totally paraphrase this. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> paraphrase the that Bible, Christian. not at all. I'm not going to quote
1: it chapter and verse. So, he says something along the lines of, like, stop freaking out about the speck in the other person's eye when there's a plank in yours. Ooh. And so, the idea there is Jesus is talking about this nature of humans to be like plank. It's fine It's under control. I've got this There's a speck in his eye <laughs> <laughs> And so we do this all the time like nobody except maybe somebody with like asperger's Doesn't struggle with this. We all struggle with this and What I have found as i've been able to move my own life forward and move my own business forward Is that my ability? I share this quote all the time on the podcast. It's worth repeating 70 billion times. My ability to eat reality for breakfast without getting sick is directly correlated with my success in my business.
0: Yes. I think it comes down to emotional intelligence. Yeah. We've talked about this before on the podcast EQ, the other EQ, not equalizer, but emotional well, intelligence. Paragraphic
1: or parametric
0: or. Get, this, uh, get the fuck get out of here. <laughs> no, it's the ability to emotionally handle those hard truths and be able to address them and then make positive changes to address those things. Side note, audio engineers,
1: not just in their careers, but audio engineers are notorious for this, particularly in my industry as a mastering engineer. We've talked about this in the podcast in the past where this sort of temptation of like, well, I'm going to buy this really ridiculously expensive five or $10,000 compressor that's only good at doing a couple things and then using it when you don't need to use it. Just to justify your purchase of it and in fact making your work worse So case in point if you're an audio engineer and you just bought prep the gear sled alert brian. Yep. Here it is You just bought a neumann u87 Mm -hmm. It was like what three grand or something Neumann will see you uh, nam. Yep, you
0: can give us free mics. That's fine.
1: (laughs) That'd be fantastic Yeah, so i'm still gonna go with I won't say the model. I'm still gonna go with my current mic. I love it anyways Oh my god, you just got that three thousand dollar mic A vocalist comes into the studio and it is painfully apparent that that mic doesn't work with that vocalist's tone Well, I gotta get my money's worth chris gotta get my money's worth. So you use the mic anyways That's sort of what we're talking about this refusing to acknowledge eh? This isn't the best decision, but there's this other like weird emotion that's making me make bad decisions and making my work worse
0: Yep. and a lot of this it's something called the sunk cost bias. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You exactly. spend so much money into one thing, so much time, so much energy, so much emotion you put into one thing that you refuse to acknowledge that it's not working. And so, hopefully, this episode will give you some of those aha moments that you can start taking steps to address and maybe even pivot what you're doing in your in your life. So, let's get into some of these questions that people refuse to ask themselves because we have just a list of questions here. We're going to go down each one of these one by one and. I want you to ask yourself this question essentially because people refuse to ask themselves these questions including us Sometimes like there are different areas in my life that these exact questions I have not actually asked myself So this is a bit of a hypocritical episode in some regards But there's just so many different areas you could ask yourself this So let's just go down these one by one and start tackling them.
1: Yeah So as we read these take a moment feel free to use that pause button on the podcast Mm. Mm -hmm. um, And let yourself think about this our reaction when we're asked a question where we don't want to acknowledge reality is to very quickly respond. See, that's not me. That's not me. Nope. That's not me. That, that (laughs) lack of pause is concerning. So your, your homework on this episode is we're going to ask the question. We're going to pause for a second, ask yourself the question and there should be a pause in your own mind before you allow your mind to respond. If your mind responds as fast as that, That's probably the right question that you need to ask yourself again and again because you're refusing to acknowledge it
0: we're gonna leave a five second blank after every question where you have to Pause the podcast for even longer than that and then continue on. So here we go. First question Whatever you're doing in your life mixing mastering recording tracking producing Whatever you're doing in your audio career or hell in your life in general Ask yourself this question. Is this what I was made for? That's a tough one. Let's talk about this
1: one. Yeah. Is this what I was even made to do? So there's three responses you could have Yes I don't know and no If your response is yes And it took you a second to think about that great fantastic If your response after a couple seconds was I don't know that's also fine. That's totally fine If your response was no No That's a super healthy thing and that's the first step towards figuring out what you were made for Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely amazing. If your response was yes after taking some time to
0: consider it Hey, that's awesome, too But I still think there's a lot to consider you can't just have a snap. Yes answer and just say i'm done I can move on to the next question. Yep. There's a lot to consider here and some of the things if you go back to episode number 58 where we talked about the three roads to six figures, we talked about three different business models there and the pros and cons for each. Consider this, if you are a mastering engineer and after listening to that episode, you determine that you have no capability of generating enough leads to generate enough paid projects to make a career as a mastering engineer work, then chances are you are not doing what you're made to do. And then it may be time to consider pivoting to a different sort of business model, whether it's a recurring income business or whether it's the high income, low volume type of business that I do, which is with recording or mixing. Totally. And so that's just one of many angles to consider when you're going to answer the question, am I even made for this? Love it.
1: What's the next question, Brian? Hit us.
0: Next question is... Kind of a follow-up just say you are made for something say you are made to be a mastering engineer as chris graham is clearly made to be a mastering engineer Everything in his brain is created to be a mastering engineer But now you have to consider this question. Am I good at this? Are you good at this? Because say you are made for something that doesn't mean you're actually good at it Have you put in the blood the sweat the tears the time the effort the energy On actually becoming great at something because if not You are just like the millions of people in the world with tons of potential But no realized potential you haven't actually put in the work and effort To capitalize on that potential. It's just stored potential. It's not actually realized.
1: Yeah And there's a temptation there to know in your heart You know, this is what i'm supposed to do but not being willing to put the work in To do it just because you know michael jordan was made to be a great basketball player But that didn't mean he just showed up and didn't practice that didn't mean that he didn't spend Hundreds of thousands of hours shooting free throws in an empty gym With nobody yelling for him with nobody screaming his name.
0: Yep. And just to kind of give you some context on this if michael jordan were four foot six and 280 pounds He's probably not made to play basketball, no matter how much work he puts in. So his answer would be, no, I'm not made for this. But because he had the build, because he had the athleticism, he was made to play basketball. That was like a great career choice for him, I would say. But he also was good at it because he put in the work.
1: Yeah, he wasn't good at it until he put in the work.
0: Yeah, and mean, we got cut from his high school basketball team, something like that. Yeah, crazy. So consider that. Have you actually put in the work to be good at this? Because you can be made for something and still suck at it terribly. So let me tackle this next one. Yep. Yep. Go for it.
1: Awkward pause and all Am I missing a crucial skill? So what do we mean by that? There's what we do And there's the way that we generate clients for what we do There's the way that we make ourselves efficient enough to make a high enough income So that you can actually afford to live there are all kinds of skills. There are many, many hats that you need to be able to wear.
0: Yeah, which we cover throughout this entire podcast. the last 61 episodes.
1: Yeah, so I want to go back to what I initially said about this episode. You're either doing something wrong that you don't know about, or you're refusing to acknowledge that there's something that you're doing wrong. So the am I missing a crucial skill, I think it's easy for people in our you know, sort of demographic and profession. Like we're attracted to this industry because there's constantly new and fun things to learn. Ooh, cool. A new compressor. How do you use this one? Oh, cool. A new EQ. What's oh, weird. Uh, It's wet, dry. Awesome. Cool. I can, you know, that's fun. And it's easy to get stuck in just acquiring new skills and ignoring the most important skill that you need to learn to move yourself forward.
0: And that kind of goes back to episode number 38 where we talk about 10x your business by identifying and eliminating your single point of failure There could be one skill right now that is your single point of failure That if you could learn that skill if you could acquire that skill and master that one skill It could take your career to the next level.
1: Okay, so case in point Let's say you're a mix engineer and you love guitars and you love drums and you love bass But you don't really care about singing and you're landing all these clients With singing on the songs and the drums sound great. The bass sounds great. The guitars sound great But you've refused to put the time in to learn how to do vocals. Well, you're gonna make bad mixes It's the exact same thing with all the business skills that you need to build your business You have to have some marketing ability You have to have some social media ability You definitely have to have some email ability, which is a whole skill in itself if you can't converse
0: professionally And clearly over email, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. That's something we really don't talk about very often is the energy you put into emails. This is true. Because there's a certain way of typing. There's a certain way of sounding excited in an email, in a text form that you have to overdo really in order to come across happy that people... Sometimes miss so that's a skill in and of itself that we really don't really have time to talk about right now But then we have the entire crucial skill of social skills, which we've talked about many 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 times You can go back to episode number 13 where we talked to billy decker About social skills like it's clear as day how a social skills can affect Your career and this is a crucial skill that a lot of people ignore So is this one of the crucial skills that you are ignoring?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things here That holds people back on this one is that the types of skills that they might lack that they're refusing to acknowledge. They're refusing to acknowledge because learning that type of skill is completely different than learning a technical skill like you know, a different kind of audio routing system or something like that, something that we sort of vibrate with.
0: Well, there's going to be skills that you naturally gravitate to and that you naturally do. And then there's skills that you have to force yourself to learn, but you need to do so no matter what. And so when you go back to, am I made for this? Yes, you may be made to do this, But you may not be naturally inclined to possess the skills that are required for that because no one is perfectly suited for anything Sometimes you have to stretch yourself and get outside of your comfort zone to adapt to what you have to do in that arena So if you need to develop social skills, but you are a socially awkward Weird little guy Then you may need to press yourself a little bit and get into uncomfortable situations until they become comfortable and face your social anxiety until you can Get past that and I know it's easier said than done, but people are able to get past that.
1: Well, and let me tell you guys kind of a fake story that I'm kind of making up here on the spot. Have you guys seen the show Ninja Warrior? Yes. It's the show where there's essentially this incredible obstacle course and these athletes show up and they try to complete the obstacle course in the fastest time and get to the top of this like, what is it? Mount Noriyami or whatever, where they, you know, get to be the champion. Can you imagine if somebody went on that show and was just like jacked, like ripped their shirt off, muscles everywhere. Clearly they're prepared and they power through each of the events. You know, they jump from board to board to board and they do the zip line thingy and they climb the wall without using their feet. And then they get to this weird little ramp thing that you have to run up and they get to the ramp thing and they're like, that's always the part that they fail on more than anything. It, it is. But what if they got to the ramp thing and we're like the whole time are just pumped. Like, yeah, I got this. I was made for this. Ah! Oh man, I'm just really not into this particular part of the obstacle course. <laughs> you know what? (laughs) I'm going to go back to the beginning and do the parts I like again.
0: Ooh, that's such a good example for anyone that's seen the show. You know how hard that ramp thing is. That's the one that honestly gets most people. And if you can't just simply say, "Ah, I don't feel like doing that, but can I just go through it all again? The parts I like, and then you can let me through the next round. Like it just doesn't work that way. It's a crucial part of the obstacle course by which you can get everything perfectly and still fail the entire obstacle course. So funny
1: story. So when I was in high school, one of the girls, she's one of like the main ninja warriors. She asked me to prom and I was so poor and I knew I couldn't afford it. So I just like immediately shut her down and was like, (laughs) no, because I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh man, I definitely, I'm, I cannot afford to rent a suit. And I felt so bad for her. I like completely rejected her, but only out of my own arrogance and embarrassment that I couldn't afford a damn thing.
0: All right, let's move on to the next question here. And this is a question that is almost inevitably, for those of you right now asking yourself this question, this is probably one of those questions that falls into the category that you know is a problem, but you refuse to do anything about it. And the question is this, am I in the right location for what I'm trying to do? Think about it. Like I use this example in one of my courses, but you would not try to sell snow tires in Florida. You would not try to sell air conditioning units in Iceland. So why would you try to open up a commercial grade facility in Reno, Nevada, where the music scene is basically nothing? Why would you try to, or let's just say Lacey Springs, Alabama, where my old studio was. Let's just say (laughs) any small town. We're not saying it can't be done, but we're just saying you're not giving yourself the best shot. And when you go back to episode number 28, where we had the interview with Warren Hewitt, he moved from this tiny little village in England all the way across the world to L.A., to Los Angeles, California, which is a huge move. It's a huge risk. It's a very expensive city. But he made the move, and he ultimately benefited greatly from that. And all I'm saying is if you are refusing to acknowledge that you're in the wrong location for what you're trying to do, you're unwilling to move to a city where you're giving yourself a better chance, there are a hundred guys and girls out there who are willing to make that move and you are trying to now compete with all those people that are willing to take that sacrifice in order to give themselves a better shot. Yep. So if you are ignoring this problem and you're just simply saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, then- You're basically putting your head in the sand and saying I hope this problem goes away And while there is a possibility that you can get around this problem Just look at chris graham. He's in columbus, ohio Not necessarily the best music city in the world, but it's not bad. It's still a good city And me when I started in alabama, that's definitely not the best place to start a studio There's always exceptions to the rule But I don't think that we gave ourselves the best shot Is all i'm trying to say and I don't think you're giving yourself the best shot if you refuse to acknowledge this question and refuse to ask yourself this question and really consider, are you giving yourself the best shot for what you're trying to accomplish in the current location that you are in?
1: Yeah. And there's this kind of an asterisk there. And this is a new question we didn't have on our outline. The solution might be internet literacy. Do you know how to absolutely dominate on the web?
0: Yeah. Cause Chris Graham, you're in Columbus, Ohio. Again, it's a pretty good city, but very few of your clients actually live in Columbus. So you found a way to get over that By developing skills in other areas like online marketing so that you could overcome that major major issue in your business Yeah, we're not saying it can't be done But we're just saying that is definitely a question you have to consider and if you're not willing to relocate You have to be willing to do something to overcome that major major challenge.
1: Yeah, so great story here Derek sivers who's just one of my heroes. He founded cd baby back in the 90s He was one of the first people maybe the first person to enable independent musicians to sell their music online It was like a dropship company So you'd send your cds to derek and derek would put them on his website and people would buy through his website This is pre paypal and then derek would ship the cds to your customers huge deal Derek's story is amazing because when he decided he wanted to do this. He went to the library He got a book on how to develop a website. No previous skills No previous experience And taught himself at the library,
0: which anyone can do if you're in a first world country You have access to a library.
1: Yeah, do you know that's the reason our government builds libraries It's so people who lack skills to move themselves forward in life can go there and teach themselves That's the primary function
0: and the primary benefit to society I can also check out 50 shades of gray if I want to so that's obviously (laughs) advancing our nation Absolutely. Yeah. I mean there's absolutely (laughs) an entertainment value that libraries offer. I'm joking. I've never read that book
1: (laughs) Good But its primary function is to make people dangerous by allowing them to self-educate Because any homeless person off the street can go to the library teach themselves literacy Or at least get help with it and then begin to educate themselves on how to make a website or yada 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 and some do it's amazing. So Next question. Let's ask another hard one here. This one is tough man. This one is super tough I've got a couple different stories to illustrate this so Am I saying no to the less important stuff? So one of my favorite books of all time, which ironically I never finished I got past the like exciting part of it and never finished it. It's henry ford's autobiography And when he's talking about how he actually built his business from the ground up, it's incredible in the later years Any student of history knows he kind of got crazy and (laughs) So the thing he talks about in that book is he says the primary reason that people who struggle with money struggle with money is that they are, quote, unwilling to walk past a small pile of money to get to a bigger pile
0: of money. Gosh. Just think about that, man. That is like, oh, to the gut. That's like one of my favorite quotes by him. And it's like, I'm guilty of this myself. It's like, just because you can make money with something doesn't mean you should.
1: Yeah. And the thing he's trying to explain there is something called opportunity cost That in many cases, it's like hey, you can go to the small pile of money and you can collect that money Or you can walk past it and go to the bigger pile of money
0: Yeah, so henry ford could have gone and gotten a day job and made A small pile of money every single year for the rest of his life But he would have completely missed out on building ford motor company and What is it webster charcoal? Kingsford charcoal. Yeah. Kingsford charcoal. That's right. That's right
1: So yeah, this idea of are you walking past the small pile of money to get to the bigger one? This is huge man. It is so challenging To do this but I think the problem that audio engineers most you know producers People that are trying to make music for a living what they often struggle with the most is simply fomo Fear of missing out you get in a situation and you're like, oh man Oh I might be able to land this client, but I know if I do, I won't be able to focus on finding real clients that I'm really passionate about working with. Okay, let's do it. Like this sort of mentality of saying yes to the stuff, you know, you should say no to means that you miss out opportunities in the future.
0: Yeah. It's like you find out that one girl likes you and you're just like, uh, I guess I'll date her. Yeah. And then you miss out on the one that could have been your wife. Yeah. Yeah. So if you really want to sum this question up in one episode, it's episode number 45, where we talk about how studio owners are multiplying their income and minimizing their headaches using the 80-20 principle. I think the 80-20 principle is a really good thing to take a look at if you're saying no to the less important stuff, because truthfully, 80% of what you do every single day doesn't matter. And that blows my mind to still think about that 80% of what I do today doesn't matter. 80% of what you do today, Chris, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's not pushing anything forward. Someone else could have done it better than you. There's like 20% of what you do every day that is the most important stuff. And if you could find a way every single day to do less and less of the 80% that doesn't matter and more and more of that 20% that does matter, you're gonna 10X your business. But we refuse to ask ourselves the question of, am I saying no to the less important stuff? And I can already look at my day so far today. It's 3.01 p.m. And most of what I've done today has been pushing papers, doing nothing, nothing that really matters, nothing that's going to outlast me. So it's like, this is a gut check for myself. This episode we're doing today is probably the most important thing I'll do today. Everything else is just, blah. And that
1: is intense. I think, you know, we talk about niching down a lot on the show. Niching down is saying no to the less important stuff. It is walking past the small pile of money to get to the big one And I really want you guys to hear us clearly on this if you have a recording studio or a website and you are pitching yourself as uh, recording mixing mastering editing sound effects sound design composition.
0: Oh my gosh I've seen so many of those studios on the internet.
1: Yeah, if that's you This is the question you are refusing to ask yourself. Am I saying no to the less important stuff because you got mad FOMO, dude? And all you want to do is get every single possible project you could possibly get and as a result of that You're getting a lot of low quality time wasting projects and that's why you make five dollars an hour sometimes and man, this is really 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 important deciding To say no to the less important stuff is one of the most important skills you can have Asking yourself the question Am I saying no to the less important stuff is super important. So my advice to you guys That are struggling to get your businesses off the ground. You're struggling to go full-time Is it's totally okay to have your fingers in a lot of pies at first to experiment and to offer multiple services But here's the problem with that When you do everything you don't really get a good taste of what anything really is Mastering all day every day is much Much different than mastering after working with the band for four months on a single record
0: that's 100 percent true and if you're competing against chris graham who masters every day And you're the person who masters one track a month or one album a month or just a few songs a month There is zero percent chance you will do as good of a job as chris graham who makes this his night and day obsession zero percent chance and I will put my money where my mouth is there. Go do chrisgrandmastering.com for a free test master and he will prove it to you. I was going to disagree with you and say there's at least a 5% chance, but let's let the endorsement slide. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, there you man. go. All right, let's move on to our last question here. And I want to leave on this because this is honestly one of my big things that I try to get across to every person I possibly can. Let me ask the question here. Am I relying on motivation?
1: So unpack that a little bit more. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, so almost every one of us have hit this moment of motivation where we have this great idea. Maybe it was starting your studio. Maybe it was building your website. Maybe it was doing mastering projects or starting a podcast editing studio after listening to episode number 33, where we talk about five studio niches ripe for the taking. Maybe that's you. And you have this huge spurt of motivation and you start doing all the things it takes to get that started. But eventually that motivation starts to slide away. And what happens is you skip a day of pushing that business forward and you skip a day of figuring out how this is going to work and you skip a day of trying to get clients and then you skip another day and you skip 10 days here and then 30 days and then before long, it fizzles out and you stop doing what you're actually trying to do. This has happened to every single one of us in one way, shape or form. And the only thing I've ever found to combat this in my own life is to just say, fuck motivation. Just get it out of here. If I get that initial burst of motivation, the first thing I do while I'm still motivated is set up systems, processes, habits, and accountability that keeps me going. When that motivation runs out because it's not a matter matters if that motivation runs out the motivation is inevitably going to go away But the habits and even bigger still is the accountability Those things are still going to be around when the motivation runs out and those are the things that are going to keep you going So chris graham, I have to ask did you sign up? For stick.com as per our conversation on the last episode I have
1: not yet, but it is on my main
0: do list and there's only 10 items on that. So it will happen Okay So this is an example If you go back to listen to episode number 61 where we talked about fear and what that does to us and how that holds us back If you go back to that episode you'll hear towards the end of it where chris talks about having a goal set And he has this big burst of motivation because it's the beginning of the year like most people Most people sign up for a gym and then they'll go for a month and they'll never go again And then they'll have that $9 a month that Planet Fatness takes out of their checking account because they're too lazy to go cancel it. And so with Chris has still had this burst of motivation at the beginning of the year, I want him to then set up a system and put a habit in place by going to stick.com and devoting a certain penalty and putting accountability into place to actually accomplish his goal. So all I'm trying to say is taking this burst of motivation and transforming it into a habit or a routine or a system or accountability mechanism that keeps you going forward once that motivation runs out. And if every single one of us can do that in all the new things, every single time we get a motivation burst to do something, if we can do that, it's going to make a massive transformation in our business. But if you don't ask yourself this question, if you are relying on motivation too much, then you're setting yourself up for a slow death.
1: Yeah. When you get the motivation, when you get this moment of clarity of like, that's what I got to do. The most important thing you can do in that moment is remove the friction that's going to slow you down over time. Ooh, girl, speaking my love language, baby. So that friction, you know, like, oh man, I'm jacked about this. How can I make this easier on myself? And this is sort of the ultimate concept in business And in just sort of financial success period is that in order to have any level of success You have to be future you's best friend People that aren't successful are not future them's best friend They're sort of future them's worst enemy and you look at people whose lives are a train wreck and they're falling apart It's because their past self was their worst enemy Their past self did things to screw their future self. They borrowed from their future self with no ability to pay them back. Mm. And so I love what Brian's saying here about relying too much on motivation. That was definitely my story when I started the mastering business where I was just like, yeah, okay, master as many songs as possible. But I hadn't built any systems yet. And doing work when there's no systems is freaking exhausting when you do the same thing every day, which for me was mastering music. It wasn't until I invested the time to remove the friction That I really started to be able to invest in growing my business and doing things that would take me to the next level So that removing friction for future you is the only way for future
0: you to be more successful So that is it for this episode of the six figure home studio podcast I want to leave you with these six questions again I just copied and pasted from earlier in the session Going back over these six questions, I want to encourage you, wherever you are right now, if you're in a car, pull over. If you're just sitting at your computer or doing some laundry or something uh, menial, write these six questions down and review them. Actually sit down and think about these things. Write it out if you have to. And not just one time, but revisit it over time. Try to set this maybe on a post-it note next to your computer, something that you sit by every day and pause and consider these things because if you can consider these six questions and you honestly eat reality for breakfast every single morning, you're giving yourself so much better of a chance to make it in whatever you're doing. So here are those six questions again. One, is this what I was made for? Two, am I good at this? Three. Am I missing a crucial skill? Four, am I in the right location for what I'm trying to do? Five, am I saying no to the less important stuff? And six, am I relying on motivation? So pause, go back, write those down and find a way to incorporate this into your monthly planning or your quarterly planning or your yearly reviews even, and not just in your recording studio, but in pretty much everything you're doing. A lot of the stuff we talk about can be translated to different aspects of your life. So don't just stop with whatever you're doing in your studio. So next week's episode is another one of those episodes where we speculate on the future of trends we see in the music industry and how you can capitalize on those trends. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So next week, bright and early, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., that podcast episode will drop. And until then, thank you so much for listening and happy hustling.